What's up, my brother? What's up? What's up, Mike? It's been a minute, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Too long. How are you, brother? How's everything, man? Um, I am well, man. How about yourself? I'm doing good, man. Just trying to maintain and continue to put on for the culture. You know, that's all we can do. That's all we can do. You know, 112 forever, man. I'm so excited, man, to be talking with you guys tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, don't panic. All right, we're talking to Mike, and then when we when I'm done uh, talking to Mike, Slim's gonna come on. We're gonna talk to Slim for a little bit as well. All right, so we are. I am gonna be talking to them both tonight. So I know we're about to get that in the comments. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be wearing Slim, wearing Slim. Right, right. Right. What's going on? Come on man. Me and Slim are not connected at the hip. Jesus Christ, bro. <laughs> like you do know, I got my own crib, and he got his own crib too. You know what I'm saying? Right, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> we got our own shit, man. We're in our 40s, Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. <laughs> well, a lot of people yes, don't sir. know that you founded 112. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And um, yeah, it was, it was um, honestly, bro, it was really because, you know, I couldn't do anything else. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I wasn't good enough to be on nobody's football team. I wasn't, you know, saying tall enough to be on anybody's basketball team. I, you know, I, I didn't like contact anyway. So I just knew that. And then, um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't in no streets either like that. You know, my mother and, and my, my, my family, they just made sure that they kept that element away from me, even though I was around it being in inner city Atlanta, you know, and my cousins and everybody, they all, you know, were, were just there to like, Hey bro, don't, you can't go in this direction. This you're, you have something going on right now that, you know, exceeds what we got going on here, man. So just stay away from, just stay away from this world, man. So um, I felt like the only thing I could do better than anybody else that was around me was seeing. And um, so I wanted to find, you know, other guys with like, you know, like-minded and, and that was like-minded as I was and had the same, you know, a vocal ability. And that's what, you know, started the whole thing. It wasn't like I had this big, brilliant plan or nothing like that man it was just like bro I, hey i, I want to get with some guys that can sing man and can harmonize like i can and we'll see what happens after that right how did you guys link up with bad boy well um puff came down at, uh, around 90 around 90 i want to say around 94 95 and um he at that time at that time a lot of people don't know he had actually uh, shot the video for a southern playlist of Cadillac music for Outkast right and um, he was he was in Atlanta just buzzing around and Dallas Austin at the time was like the it guy you know what I mean he was the one that was you know banging out them hits you know left and right or whatever so you know Puff came and hollered at him you know what I mean came to his studio just learn from him you know see what it takes to be an awesome producer or whatnot. And at the time, 112 was, you know, just buzzing around the uh, the studio and stuff, man. So, you know, he, he asked about it. I like, man, who, who, is them, who are those dudes? You know, they signed, whatever, whatever. And um, so we started hanging out with Puff, you know, like when he would come down, like he would fly in like every other you know, couple of weeks or whatever. And we would just, you know, we would just like go and sing for him and shit. You know what I mean? So we all, this one time, as he was going into the club 112, 
that's like synonymous with Atlanta at the time. Um, he was like, yo, I want y'all to sing right now. You know, because we was like 16, 17, we couldn't go inside the club, you know. So we had to sing right then and there in front of the whole line of people trying to get inside the club 112. So we started singing and the and the line went from being wrapped around the corner to being a circle around us as we're singing. So, you know, dude, he, he knew then that, you know, so he knew that he had something right then, man. So, um, but the crazy thing was, bro, he still was like on the fence about signing us, though. You know what I'm saying? Because at the time, yeah, no, at the time, Bad Boy was just like I don't know if you remember this or not, but Bad Boy used to have this poster where it was his baby. He had a diaper on, mm -hmm. and he had on, on these hard ass, you know, them old school hard white shoes and yes, shit. Yes, yes, yes. And, he his, and he had his hand up like this, and right. then under the caption underneath said "Strictly Hip Hop Music." So. We we were like, bro, we're gonna sign to this dude, and, and the only thing he knows is hip, like strictly hip hop music. Right. We're like, bro, we're we trying to do R and B. We trying to do R and B, right? You know what I mean? So, but um, but it was between and, and, and rest of soul, man. It was between um, Kim Porter, Faith Evans, and Usher that convinced him to sign one twelve. Yep. Yep. Change our lives. Faith was like, yo, if you don't sign them, like, well, she, she basically, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but she was like, yo, if you don't sign them niggas, you're crazy. Is <laughs> <laughs> what she said. So, you know what I mean? So he, after that, he was like, yo, I got them. As long as Faith was there to like help guide him and help guide us with the R&B and stuff like that, you know, she, we were going to be fine, man. So, mm -hmm. you know, he took, a, he took a gamble on us, bro. And Rest of history. I read that you and him bumped heads a lot. Is that true? I was the one, bro. Like, like throughout it all, man. Through this is what I know, man. Throughout history, if you're dealing with groups and and like a, if you got alpha males in the room, y'all gonna butt heads at some point. You know what I'm saying? Now he may be more of an alpha because it was his, you know, it was it was his studio, his, you know, his label, whatever, whatever. But I'm an alpha too. You know what I'm saying? So if it, eventually. This this here going, but it was all, but it was all in creative, you know, it was all in creative criticism and and you know just just moving moving the agenda forward, bro. So uh, there was this one time, and actually, <laughs> it was one time, bro. We was, we were recording Peaches and Cream, and you gotta understand. Let me give you a little backstory, man. So for that third album, we were bucking on on going to Bad Boy, like we like they wanted us to come to New York. We were like, nah, we ain't coming to New York. We're going to Nashville. And we recorded the entire album in Nashville. We was on our independent shit. Because the mind frame at that point for a lot of people was the only reason 112 is successful is because of Puffy. You know, it wasn't because we were writing. It wasn't because we were singing. It wasn't because we was producing. It was because of Puff and that um umbrella. So all the success was just, you know, it was the Puff. It was just Puff and nobody. We would, bro, it's like we could have took four, as, as far as the world was concerned, we could have took four dudes from, you know, from four different walks of life, just put them together, and that could have been 112 as, as far as a lot of people were concerned, right? And so we were tired of hearing that shit, you know what I'm saying? Because we 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 know what we did in order to be successful, this successful R&B group, you know what I mean? Yes, he was instrumental in helping our success move forward, you know, vital even, but he wasn't the, the entire reason why 112 was successful. We had a, a, a hand in that too. So by, by that third album, bro, we were bucking. We were bucking on everything. They were like, "We want y'all to go over here and 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 you know go over here to this bank over here, man, and, and they're gonna give you a million dollars." Nah, we don't want to go to that bank. We want to go to this bank. <laughs> no, we were just bucking on everything, bro. Everything so was like, we got it. 
we yeah, yeah now we do. You know what I mean? So they, like I said, they wanted us to come to New York. We was like, nah, we coming. We going to we going to Nashville. So we recorded down there. But you know, all the while we we saying to us like we bucking on everybody, right? But in our minds and to each other, we was like, bro, this shit better be dope. <laughs> better you know, be this, this better be a master plan, right? This, this better work, bro. So we we gave him. It's over now. He loved it. We gave him dance with me. He loved it. We gave him. Missing you. He loved it. We gave him player. He loved it. You know what I'm saying? So he gave us this whole now I'm I'm a little long winded on this man, but it this ahead, this is so you know the whole story. Go ahead, give them the history, brother. <laughs> so, so what happened was we had written everything that we possibly can write about at this point when we got they sent us a CD. I'm gonna tell you how old I am now because they sent us a CD of, of peaches and cream. So we listening to it, like we're going doing shows and whatnot. We had the record for about two months. Shout out to my Mario Winers too for, for, for blessing us with that one, bro. So we had the track for like two months and could not write not one thing to this record, bro. We knew that it was a hit, but we could not write it because we had already written about being in love, being out of love, being in the club, being out the club. You know what I'm saying? We had written about everything at this point. Peace of Cream was like the last record that we recorded because we couldn't write anything else to it, right? So Puff was finally like, yo, I know this, this record is a hit. Y'all got to come up to New York. So we finally was like, I bet since, since you got us on this, since, you know, since we can't write nothing to it or whatever, we're going to come up to New York. We're going to get with a bunch of writers. Um, and actually, we got with Pooh Bear, the guy that's writing um, all of Justin Bieber's records right now. What are you talking about? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so we got with him. And, like, and we've known Pooh Bear since like he was like a teenager and, in, in you know in, in in the group called Friction and shit, man. Like you know, what I'm saying so. Uh, and he's our cut. He's cousins to uh, one of our ex managers and shit. So that's how the you know six six degrees of separation. So we get up there, man, and he can't write nothing to the shit either. So, <laughs> so we bugging, right? So we were like, hold on, man. Here you are, a songwriter. You can't write nothing to this shit. We can't. We songwriter. We can't write nothing to this song, bro. And that it was like it's cool. fire. I, bro, it's like a week. We can't come up with anything, right? So Q orders some food, right? And as he's getting off the phone, he was like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Let me get the peach cobbler, too. So when he said peach, we all looked at each other. We were like, peach. We from Georgia, Georgia peach. And then it went. It just started evolving from peach to Peaches and cream and da 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 da. So that's where the whole concept. It had that man not ordered that food and that they had not said, "Hey, let me order the peach cream, uh, the peach cobbler." We would have never came up with peaches and cream, bro. That's that's the crazy shit. But to answer your question, so we so we in that so we now we hear now, now ideas are flowing and shit, right? Now we can hear it. peaches and cream. We got giving that little jazzy little, you know what I mean? So, but we knew that either Puff was going to absolutely love this shit or he was going to absolutely hate it, it right? Gonna either or, there's going to be no in between. So, yeah, exactly. So we were like, all right, bro, hurry up and let's, let's at least put down the hook. So once he hit it, you know, we can know for sure if we got something on our hands or if it's going to be. Man, I'm talking, we so proud of this shit, man. We hear, you know, pages and cream. I need it because you need it. I'm Get it freaky in my Bentley limousine. We say, yeah, nigga, Bentley limousine and shit. I'm talking, we write, we write now, you know what I'm saying? Puff comes in and hit the shit, and he he does what he does. He turns it, yo yo, turn it up. So he turned the shit up. Then he looked at us. He's like, yo, peaches and cream. Are y'all niggas sure? 
Peaches and cream. And at that point, bro, I lost it. I was like, see, that's the reason why we didn't want to come to this motherfucker. Man, y'all <laughs> I, I went off, bro. I, I, was, I started going off, saying all kind of crazy shit. There's a nigga, I'm a Sagittarius. I, I, look, I was just, I was just going in, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm hot at this point, bro. That's why we want to come to this shit. So Puff was like, yo, what's wrong with your man? <laughs> like, he talking to Slim, like, yo, what's wrong with your man, bro? He was like, man, you know, we we were just, you know, we got it, bro. Like, you know, he 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 just he just frustrated right now because we we trying to come up with something. Just let us finish the song first. And if you don't like it, we'll, you know, we'll we'll That's you right. can bring in you can bring in whomever you want to bring in to write the shit, and we'll just ride with it, man. But just let us finish this vision first, and then, you know, what I'm saying you can you can you know love it or shove it, right? So. After I calmed down and shit, <laughs> I was like, bro, I think I might have doomed the group. <laughs> it might be over. Like, like, keep in mind, we had already sold two million for the first album, two million from the second album. Shit. So in my mind, I feel like we secured that. Why I was like, man, I'm going out, bro. So I took that shit to heart, you know, because we're still creating. We're still putting, you know, this shit together, right? So the next morning, around about eight in the morning, Puff calls us. He was like, yo, I need y'all at the office right now. Hung up the phone. So I was like, bro, we going home. <laughs> it's over. It's a wrap. <laughs> exactly, brother. Bro, we are going to fuck home, bro, because, you know, this, this man just called us with up. So we go upstairs, prepared to hear everything. I'm, I'm prepared. We prepared for the worst, man. It's like, whatever this man give us, we're going to try to talk him out of it. But at the same time, it's like, bro, like, you know, whatever. So I said, man, hit a miss. I'm fuck, let's do it. So we go upstairs, the, the door is open, and all you hear is he comes around the corner. Yo, Peter said, Granny, I need to go to the other thing. Yo, we better make so much money. Like he just, he just, he was just like, yo, bro, like this is it. This is. The, the entire office was they, they played that shit for like three hours straight, bro. It's like, yo, this is it. This is direct. This is y'all album. This is the one that's been a that take y'all from just being an R and B group to that superstar status. Like y'all, this record that all these hits that y'all been giving us on this shit, and then Peaches and Cream on top of it. It's like, yo, man, y'all y'all out of here with this shit, man. But yeah, that was the that was the that was the one time that I actually went off on dude, bro. When is your did, when like when was S-L-I-N. Was that like on the record when he got it, or that was like, yeah. later? Okay, I got, it. I got a story about that too, bro. So <laughs> I got got a team of stories about it. So we were looking for melodies for uh, Peaches and Cream, right? So Slim started going. He let me tell you what I wanna do. Now, if you listen, the melody of Peaches and Cream sounds nothing like anything One Twelve did before, right? So we almost got like a a, a rap nigga vibe with the shit. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like we rapping as opposed to actual singing. So, you know what I'm saying? So Slim goes in. He was like, man, is this too much? I was like, no, bro. Keep going. You got to keep going. Like, go in that direction. So Slim wrote his first verse with Pooh Bear. Then um, Q and um, Pooh Bear wrote the second verse or whatever. So it was time for me to do my verse. And and so what we like to do before we even go into the studio, we'll start playing other people's music. You know what I'm saying? Just music before we get hype or whatever, right? So as I'm as I'm doing my shit right before I, I listen, like before I go and do my shit, for some reason, like like we were um, I guess we were watching BET or something, 
and Nate Dog had just jumped on there, man. So you know, because if you listen to that, like we like that sounds like some shit Nate Dog would do, right? I never thought about it. I never, I never clicked that. That's where that shit came from, bro. Because I was in the, I was in the room writing my shit, and I was gonna go the R and B route, but then I listened. I was listening to you know BET, and it was a song where we don't want to. You know, that how smooth he was with that shit. I was like, ooh, wee. So I just started writing based off of that melody. So that's where that whole, the wanna stop and go, you know, I can't get enough. Wanna taste it in. That shit came from me listening to Nate Dogg do his shit, right? Wow. So I'm gonna ask you a question in a minute because it's a funny shit too. So the whole premise of Peaches and Cream, because we knew that we weren't gonna be able to talk about, you know what I'm saying, Peaches and Cream and, you know, like flat out saying we eat pussy. You know what I'm saying? We can't, we can't do that. Yeah, that's not gonna work at radio, bro. <laughs> we gotta do some dumb edits on that shit. But um what it was like again, we like listening to music prior to, and what we was listening to was D'Angelo, right? His first album. And a lot of people don't know to this day, a lot of people don't know that when he the brown sugar is talking about him smoking weed, it ain't got nothing to do about no woman. Brown sugar, go back and listen to brown sugar, bro. I know I just blew your mind, but brown sugar. Is talking about him smoking weed. It has nothing to do with a woman. So wow. we took that approach. We took that. Yeah, bro. He's he's done an interview, many an interview about it. But if, if I'm lying, I'm flying. Brown Sugar is talking about smoking weed. So, but he did it in a subliminal, slick way. And so we were like, in order for us to do peaches and cream and talk about what we want to talk about, we're gonna have to be slick with it. You know what I'm saying? And be subliminal. So that's where the idea came from to be subliminal and say all this stuff and being suggestive about what we were talking about, but not coming out directly and saying, you know, we want to, you know, go down on a woman and shit. You know what I'm saying? So, um, what's the dude, man, from the, from the, I'm the, in, the, uh, the, in, the, uh, like, I forget what that shit was, man, but Slim heard that shit coming in. Once again, we listened to music and Slim was like, bro, you know, I'm going to do something crazy on this shit. So he jumped in there and said, it's the S, the L, the I, the M, right? And that shit just put stamped it in the beginning. That nigga Puff came in, heard that shit, and that's where that song, it's the D, the I, the D, the D, the Y, the D, the I, the D, it came from there. Because he came in and I saw it. See, we see, let me tell y'all something, man. I we know we've known Puff, we've known Puff for years, right? We've known this cat for years, so we know when he when he when he when he hears something that, you know what I'm saying, and it sparks some shit. So he came in and he heard Slim. It's the S, the L, the I, the L. That nigga said, yeah, I like that. I said, Slim, that shit is gone. Okay? <laughs> it's gone, bro. Like, that shit is gone. As soon as that shit came out, man, and he came out with his album, it's the D, the I, the D, the D. It came straight from Slim, bro. Like, it came straight from Slim singing the S, the L, the I, the L. That shit was the funniest. I said, Slim, didn't I tell you? I, I said, that man's going to get you, bro. He's going to get you. And he was like, what you talking about? I said, listen to this shit right here. It's the D, the I, the D, the D. <laughs> he got him. He got him, bro. He got him. That's the did funniest you, shit. Did you, did you guys have any other offers or any other situations, potential situations before Bad Boy? Before Bad Boy? Yeah, we had. Um, we actually were in the Dallas Austin camp. Like, we, we honestly thought that we were going to be signed to Rowdy Records. We actually thought we were going to get signed to Rowdy Records wow. with Dallas on. 
And, but Dallas told us that, you know, and he was so busy with the things that he had going on, right? He had um, Madonna he was working on, TLC he was working on, you know, as far as like music and stuff like that. So he, he sat us down like, he said, and I can respect him for this. He sat us down like me and said, yo, I can sign y'all. But if like, say, if, he, if we had this conversation in like July, right? He was talking about signing us the next year, like that January of next year. Puff came in and said, yo, I'll sign y'all right now. So you know what I mean? He was going to be waiting. So we was going to be waiting because, you know, he was working on Madonna. He was, he was working. He was yeah. He was like, yo, my, my mind ain't on it right now. Yeah. He's like, my mind ain't on R&B right now. I'm, on, I'm doing TLC. I'm doing Madonna right now. I'm, my mind's not right there. So I, I wouldn't be able to give y'all the attention that, you know, I want to give y'all, signing y'all to my, my label or whatnot. And Puff slid in was like, yo, you know what I mean? Like, what's, what's happening? So, and we were like, do we sit here? Because we, we're loyal, you know what I mean? So we were like, do we sit here and wait on Dallas? Or who may or may not sign us at that point? Or do we go ahead and go with this, you know, this this, this sure shot right now with Puff, who, who's starting this up-and-coming label, and we'll be his premier R&B group, you know what I mean? Right. So we were like, bro, we, and so that that was a no-brainer. That was a no-brainer. I remember when the Bad Boy Reunion Tour came around, like, you guys bought it every night, bro. Every city, every night, you guys bought it. Just how was that experience for you guys? And it was a, it was a minute since you guys were on Bad Boy. How was that experience just being around everybody again and just going out there to do, what, like, 20-something cities? How was that experience, it felt it felt like home, bro. It felt like home. It felt like we was back home. You know what I mean? It felt felt bad boy again. Now the, the crazy thing was 112 had still been touring. So that wasn't, you know, doing arenas and shit. That that wasn't new to us. You know what I mean? So Yeah, so everybody else they were like, Yeah, so we, we kept it moving. You know what I mean? So that's why you were able to see the professionalism and 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 the way that we move, if we didn't move like anybody else because we were already still in the zone from doing our shows, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And being in, in arenas and doing things of this nature where a lot of the artists that was on the Bad Boy show had not been doing shows in a long time, especially of that magnitude, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So, you know, for them, it was kind of like knocking the cobwebs off, you know, just getting back into the groove of performing and being on stage. 12, we was already there. So mm -hmm. it was easy for us to just jump from one scenario into another, you know what I mean? So that's why we was able to give it to him every night. And just the fact that we're so competitive and, and you know, it's like, man, ain't nobody finna outshine us tonight. You know what I mean? So that was just the mind frame. We had like, ain't nobody better than us. You know what I mean? So we just, you know, and not to speak arrogantly or anything like that, man, but our mind frame was, bro, ain't nobody going to, not even Puff, he, he's not going to be better than us. We you know what I mean? We're doing the damn thing. That's it. We fucking ass, bro. We don't care who's in front of us. <laughs> we, we yeah, man. We're like, we don't care who's in front of us, bro. Like, we, we got to have a piece of your ass, man. So that was the mind frame that we saw. So we, when we went in, it was all about, man, just going out and making sure that for whatever, however long we was on that stage, that we made sure that they remembered 112 went out there and rocked. You know what I mean? But behind the scenes, man, this shit was so fun, reminiscing with everybody. And it's like, yo, you remember that time that you da 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 Faith is over here, you know, that's our sister. I like, we had a few of those dates, bro, and it was just like the chemistry backstage, everything, man. Everybody, it, just, it, it felt so organic. And yeah. Like, you know, nobody was on no high horse, and, you know, nah. we having separate this, separate that, no communication. Yeah. It was really like a big, big family. And, you know, 
I was I was I was a little boy, you know, when Bad Boy was was taking off and you guys were doing your thing. So it was one of those things where, like, for me to be there and see that, it was a, sure. it was an experience, man. It was an experience for a lifetime, man. So, oh, bro, Slim is uh, logged on too, man. So yeah, <laughs> man, it it was just an awesome experience, bro. It was a really awesome experience, man. So you know, we were um we were just fortunate to. Um, to be a part of that, man, because I I honestly don't think that it'll ever happen again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, um, but it, it's um and and Puff even mentioned that it, it probably won't ever happen again. But um, I was just glad that one twelve was a part of that history, man, because you know we made history, bro. Like we we really made history. We made history creating this era, the bad boy era. And then in addition to that, you know, we made uh, uh, we did it again and reminded everybody just how dope that era was, man. And to be a part of that, we're we're gonna live forever, bro. You know what I mean? Like we're gonna we're gonna live forever. Like through that, we're gonna always live forever, man. My kids will be able to talk about that. My kids' kids will be able to talk about that, and so forth and so on, man. And 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 it was and it was all recorded for everybody to see. You know what I mean? So we're gonna live forever for it's that. Legendary, bro. legendary. You guys back in May, you guys did the verses with Jagged Edge. Like, yep. That was a good night of R&B hits. Everybody sat on the couch during quarantine and really tuned in. And I don't think that some people really realize hits like when you just that all of you had like it's that both groups had you know like I, I watched it I was dancing my ass off getting lit but then I went to title after and just to see the full thing all together the like two hours of just nothing but hits from you guys mm -hmm. man. how was the process with setting that up with J.E.? Well, Slim did a lot of the, uh, the talking um, behind the scenes as far as that goes because he has a relationship with uh, with Free. Well, I have a relationship with Free too. Like, big shout out to my brother Free. He's at Bad Boy. He was at Bad Boy and he was at So So Del. So, you know, we were able to, you know, make that connection or whatever. So, Free got on the phone with Jermaine and uh, the three of them had a conversation about doing it. Swiss actually reached out to both groups. You know what I'm saying? It was like, yo, this is this will be big. This will be for the culture. We need this right now. This COVID is. Is, is 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 screwing everything up right now. We need this right now. Y'all are the two premier groups. We don't want nobody else. We don't want Jagged in, uh, in some other group, but we don't want 112 in some other group. We want Jagged and 112. 112 and Jagged. So, um, you know, we, we we spoke about it, and for us, it was a it was a yes off the rip. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, I don't I honestly don't know what happened. You know what, what what happened on Jagged side if they had to think about it or whatnot. I don't know, but they eventually said yes and. You know, the rest, man, it was it was it was dope, bro. It was just I just wish that the sound quality was a little better. Mm -hmm. um, and so I will say to everybody that that is a, that is going to do verses uh, when they call you, man, and they give you the and they give you the equipment, you know, what I'm saying they, they send you the equipment for you to utilize in order to make sure that, you know, you don't get the feedback or, you know, all the crazy sounds and whatnot. So I would say to everybody that's done like Monica, Monica and Brandy and, I, you know, they're professional. So I know that they're, they're going to do it. But just make sure that you you use the equipment that they send you because it definitely helps out. Because ultimately, we want everybody to hear our sound and have a good time. You know what I mean? But um, the verses was was absolutely amazing, and it validated what One Twelve had been feeling about One Twelve for the longest, which is we felt like in the tier of things, right? This is my tier of things. You got New Edition, Boys and Men, Jodeci. That second tier after that, you got One Twelve and Jacket. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Right and, and so for this generation, we are y'all boys and men. We are y'all jealousy. You know, so we felt like that. So for Swiss and Tim to reach out and validate that for us, it just really made us feel like, okay, they're recognizing 
that the accomplishments and the resume because Jagged is, is, is one, yeah, Jagged is one hell of a group, bro. 112 is one hell of a group. And just to have one night of us just going back and forth, playing each other's, you know, listening to each other's records, because I'm a fan of Jagged. And, um, and, and like, you know, just listening to those records, man, it was like, man, I wish them boys would have played this. Or, Damn, I wish them boys would have played that. And, you know, because I'm a fan. So mm-hmm. it was just an awesome night, bro. It was just one awesome night. I read that, that you we, guys. That we won. I read that you guys had some beef back in the day. We did. We did. We beefed. We did. We had some real. See, see, you were younger, man. So you, you ain't, you didn't hear about that one twelve jacket head beef, bro. So okay, what happened was, we uh, uh, like our people reached out to us and told us that Michael Malden, that's Jermaine Dupree's daddy, mm-hmm. was on on the radio talking about the only group that was actually, and I'm paraphrasing, of course. Uh, the only group that was actually doing anything from Atlanta was Jagged Edge. So our people heard that. Now, keep in mind, we were on tour with Janet Jackson at this point. You know what I'm saying? We, Peaches and Cream was like one of the biggest records, if not the biggest R&B record in the country at this point. But we weren't doing anything. All right, cool. So our people heard that. And, you know, like I said, 112 being all fiery and competitive and whatnot. So as soon as we heard that shit, soon, and we got back to Atlanta, we got on the radio and we just started talking shit. We were just like, yo, like, you know, tell them boys to pull up right now. And, and you know, we'll, like, I'll take them out. Yeah, I was like, I'll take them out myself. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that type of shit. Like singing wise, though. Like, you, one know, those, you, like, you, you can get this, you can get this R&B smoke. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't fisticuffs or nothing like that, man. But it was, you know, we all, um, you know, it was, it was definitely, you know, competitive. And um, they, you know, they believed in what they believed. They felt like they was the group. And so we tried to, the plan was ultimately, and this was me too. The uh, the plan ultimately was to do what we what we're doing now, which is go on tour with them guys and do like a yeah, right, and do like the experience. Now, if I told you that, that, that I, I'm guaranteed you wouldn't believe me, but I tried this plan that we're doing now. I tried to do that 20 years ago, but back then we was young. We weren't trying to hit that shit. You know what I mean? So, it, so you the one with the secret plan. <laughs> With the, hey man, listen, with the madness to, 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 to bring out the greatness. I knew that. I know, I know, I, for what I understand about music and entertainment, you know, as, as much as this society, how crazy this society is, controversy sells, right? right? So if we were to align ourselves with a group or, or be rivals to that group, then that's going to be more of a sale than just coming out and having a great night of R&B. If y'all feel like... Right. Yeah, if y'all feel like we actually got some beef with each other, you know what I'm saying, then y'all going to want to come see me. Like, man, we don't know them niggas might start a fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just, we're just that society. You know, as a society, that's just how we're programmed to be entertained. Like, we want to see some competition. Yeah. Yeah. We we are. We are. <laughs> Unfortunately, we are attracted to the bullshit. So, you know, the plan was to get them boys on board so we can go on tour with each other and tour for the next twenty years off of this off of this concept. Well, they didn't want to. They didn't want to do it, and so that and because they didn't want to do it, they shut down. You know, as far as talking to us and communicating with us and stuff, man. Like they, if they saw us, they were like, "Man, what up?" But it wasn't. It wasn't the same. You know what I mean? Hmm. So finally, um, a, a promoter got us to go to like, Bim. No, it was not Bimini. It was uh, Barbados, and we did a performance out. We had a show out there. So. I guess Kyle and and I have to give Kyle all the credit for this, man. So Kyle called my room. I don't know how in the hell he got my room number, but he called my room number. He was like, "Yo, 
I need you to come down, come down to the pool right now. So I was like, oh, these niggas trying to drown me. So, <laughs> right? I said, I said, but little do this nigga know, I know how to swim. I was like, but, <laughs> I said, but you ain't. But, you know, all right, let's fuck it. I'm going to do it. So I ain't tell nobody nothing. I just said, you know, hey, I, I, I hit. I don't know who I hit. I was like, yo, I'll be back. I'm going down to the pool. I ain't tell him nothing. I went down to the pool. It was him, uh, his homeboy, Pele, my homeboy, Pele, too. Pele and, like, another dude. So at this point, they see me. I see them. I said, man, I can't turn around now. I got to go over there and see what's happening. You know what I'm saying? I walked over there where they were. They all they had to feed in the water. I said, all right, so everybody calm right now. It ain't, it ain't no gangster shit. They, they cooling. Right. So I sat down next to Kyle. And he was like, you thirsty, man? You good? You thirsty? I was like, yeah, man, I can drink some. You know, let's let do it. You know, like, so he's like, man, get this man a mojito. I said, a mojito? I said, no, nah, we ain't fighting. <laughs> right. <laughs> there ain't gonna be no fight. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mojito, for Christ's sake. Like, we ain't fighting over no mojito. Now, if he had said hen or something like that. And, and look where you at at that. So you exactly. You in Barbados. Barbados. You got it. They got <laughs> niggas got their feet in the water. Like we kicking. You know what I'm saying? It's like order mojitos. I said, man, ain't finna be no fighting and shit. So, so I sat down. I was drinking and shit. Like, man, so how was the flight, bro? I said, man, it was cool, man. Like y'all, y'all good, bro. He's like, yeah, man, y'all good. So Kyle look at me and say, you know, y'all niggas started that shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I was like, you right, bro. We did start that shit, man, and I apologized to him. I said, "Look, bro, I'm sorry, you know what I'm saying. And if and if I need to talk to the twins, and I need to talk to Wingo and let them know I'm a man, I'm a grown man, and you know, and I'm I, I, like, let's go get this money right now. It ain't about you know who is better and all this other stuff, man. Because people are going to love who they're gonna love. My question is to the masses: Why can't you love both groups? You know what I'm saying? Like you can have a favorite, but why can't you love both? So you know, rhetorically speak, you know, rhetorically asking. So um, so yeah, so at that point, man, I was just like, you know what, bro? I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? I apologize. I apologize to the twins. I apologize to Wingo. I started that shit. I, you know, and and but I and then I explained to them what the move was. And they was like, Well, yo, why didn't you just tell us that, that was the move? I was like, Because this shit wasn't gonna be authentic. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I didn't know if y'all niggas could act, you know what I'm saying? Like I didn't I didn't know. I wanted to be organic. I wanted to be like, you know, y'all really had beef with us, so y'all could go hard, we'll go hard, and then, you know, saying vice versa. So, so that was that was that whole jagged, quote unquote jagged edge and one twelve beef or whatever. So, but after that, we pieced everything out. We started doing shows with each other, and two year, two and a half years ago, we um we cre we created the experience. So we get on stage. We sing our songs. We sing some of their songs. They sing some of our songs. We sing songs together. And it's something that you've never seen before, man. So I, that I, was Gary G Squared. You guys did the, the, the I've seen you guys on the Black Party tour. The, uh, with, yeah, with um, with Guy, with Teddy Riley and Guy. Yeah, you guys came out and did each other's songs. How was that? Was that like did you have to learn all the lyrics? Or but you guys were fans of each other's low key. I was fans. I was I was a fan, so I already knew the lyrics. You know what I mean? So, um, but we we did it for for. Just for pimping sake, we all learned, you know, we went back and started listening to all the old songs and stuff. But I, you know, I just got a brain like that. I remember what, you know, I remember shit, you know what I mean? So I already knew the boys' songs anyway. And um, so, yeah, but it, it, we had to go, we, we rehearsed for about a month. Just straight up, just choreography, singing, dialogue, what we're going to say, how we're going to say it, when you're going to say it. You know, it, it takes a whole lot to, you know, put on a production like that. And then we had to get our band together and stuff too. So 
it, it, it took like a month to get all of that together. But once we did that, we got on that that uh that block party tour, man. It, it was but well, we was coming for we was coming for niggas throats, bro. Straight up. <laughs> throats. What do, you, what do you what do you think uh um what do you think are key elements to good R and B to good R and B music? What would you say are key elements to good R and B music? Because there's a lot of people out here that be trying and it's just you know, trying to sound well. well. As 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 my sensei Yoda from Star Wars said, you do or do not, there is no try. So when you say that people are out here trying, that's the problem right there. Either you're going to do this or you're not. Either you had the talent, the requisite talent to do this or you don't. You feel what I'm saying? So if you come in half-assed, you're going to give a half-assed product. And you know how we are. If we don't believe you, bro, you're out of here. You know what I mean? You you were out of here. So I would say having a good work ethic, being on time, always saying always um being nice to your fan base. Even if even if they even if they're rude and obnoxious, be as nice as you possibly can. Sign as many autographs as you possibly can. Um just have interaction. Make these people you're like a politician, man, in that sense, in your campaign. Mm -hmm. You want to make these people feel like they've known you forever. You know what I'm saying? So you got to do those things to make these people that you want to, you want them to feel in awe of what you are accomplishing, but not fearful, like not to the, to the point where they can't come up and touch you. You know, you got to be approachable, but still, I got to be comfortable about this, man. So you, you've got to understand, man, that these people are the ones that make you who you are as, as far as the business aspect of it go. Not in the gifted sense, not in the talent sense, but in the sense of I'm buying your product that you're, you know, so. You, you you need you know it's a it's a it's a it's a equal it's an interdependence if you will you know we need y'all just like y'all need us as far as that goes so once a when an artist finally gets that in their head they're gonna live a long time in the game because a person may not like the record that you put out but because the the time that I met you you signed all my autographs you took a picture with my daughter you you know you stayed and you talked to me like a real person and you didn't try to just brush me off I'm gonna go get your album anyway. Mm -hmm. That goes a long way, bro. The personality, that goes the personality. People, you know, so support you because they like you. It goes, it goes a long way, bro. We we've sold a lot of records because we're dope, but we sold a lot more records, man, because people actually fought with us and was like, you know what? I like them dudes, man. You know what I mean? Aside from the fact that, you know, I may not have liked that record as much as Peaches and Cream, but because this dude stood by me for five minutes and just spoke to me or I gave him the phone so he could speak to my mama who, who's a big fan of his and, and I sat there and I spoke to her, hey mama what's going on what y'all cooking over there she we're gonna be over there in a minute you know what I'm saying just give her that you know just giving that kind of energy bro that and because it's me you know and it's genuine you know what I'm saying like that's that's just who I am I, like I'm not giving you the the fake and the fluff like that's really who I am that's the type of person that I am and that goes a long way to people, you know, and that comes from your roots and how you were raised as well. Sure. But um, on the other side of that, as far as talent goes, um, R&B can have a resurgence if they have subject matter and um, they, they actually make people believe what they're thinking about. You feel what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, if, if I can make you believe, like, if, like, I'm like A B C D E F G H I J K L M N O B Q R S T U V. Nigga, I'm saying ABCs, nigga. But you know what I'm saying? It's like <laughs> you make a motherfucker believe that shit. It's like, damn, that nigga saying the ABCs and shit and just kill. You gotta, you gotta make, you gotta make them believe, bro. Cause you gotta believe. 
You feel what I'm saying? Like, I ain't no way in the world I can make you believe it if I don't believe that I'm I shit. Believe what I'm saying. Yeah, so that's 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 the that's the whole mindset behind it, man. It's a lot of cats out here that just you know, just just singing for the sake of singing, and then you got singers. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. you got people that can sing and then you got singers. Like, hey man, look, listen, somebody give me a show right now, bro. <laughs> I'm out the door and I'm going. Right now. Right. Mask on and everything. I'm going right now. It's gonna be muffled, but I but it's right now. Because I'm I believe in this shit, man. Like there is nothing else I'd rather do in life, man. Raise my kids and be Mike from one to it. That's it. I recently heard you say something like the direction that you guys are going is like trap and beat, something like that, yeah. right? Can you elaborate a little more on that? I was Absolutely I, was I can. I'm glad you asked that. I'm glad you asked that, man. Like 112 has been instrumental in a lot of the sound that you hear today. And and I'm gonna explain it, you know, thoroughly, whatever. Now, like I said, I know you were younger, man, so you know you 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 may not you know notice whatever, but prior to 112, nobody was singing over hip hop beats like we do. I know that, that's a fact. Yeah. So when we say that 112 was instrumental in creating this hip hop and R and B sound. You know, at first, you know, folks give you the screw face. And then I'm like, go back and, you know, answer me this then. Give me a group that was doing that before 112. Give me a group that was, or give me an artist that was successfully singing and putting that over a hip-hop beat. I'll wait. And then when they sit there, bro, they're like, you know what? You got me on that. You goddamn right I got you on that because <laughs> nobody was doing that before 112. Wow, so we created, we created this, this, this sound. Oh, that's two trillion. What's out in the code? This is that my, that's my, that's my cousin right there. So yeah, man, nobody created that sound, man. Nobody but one twelve created that sound. And you know, of course, we're not going out here, man. Like, look at us. We're the one that invented this hip hop and R and B sound. But we were very instrumental, and it's time that people start started uh, realizing and acknowledging that one twelve played a major part. Give the yeah, but, yeah, bro. Give us some flowers while we're here, bro. You know what I mean? Because I don't. We don't need them. 30, 40 years, from, you know what I'm saying? But now when we fucking can't remember shit, and it's like, you know what I mean? Like we did what? We, we did what now? The who? I was a who? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, no, we, you know, hey, we don't care Give us that stuff now, bro. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, DJ Nick Lake said Mary J. Blige. Bro, I said a group. I didn't say Mary, like I didn't say an artist. I did kind of eat toward, but the point what I was making was give me an R&B group that was singing over that Mary J. Blige, I'll give it to you on that. Mary, you know, she did play uh, play a major role in the dance. So I give you that, even though I was specific about the group. But uh, anyway, but um, yeah, man. So that created that sound, right? Mm -hmm. Fast forward twenty years, you're hearing a lot of that without the substance. You're hearing a lot of these artists now singing over these trap beats. You know what I'm saying? So, but still not giving you the overall sound that you get from the late 90s early 2000s with that substance and that and just that 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 grit and that grind you know what i mean mm -hmm. so that's where the trap and be so cool and i'm saying all that to say that 112 is creating this uh, a new genre of music we create we help create that hip-hop and r&b can't take all the credit for it. i'll give mary j Blige there i appreciate that uh dj i forget what the dj was my, but my i appreciate the there he is nick lake hey bro so i appreciate you for, for dropping that jewel um, but yes, but we were instrumental in in creating that sound. One Twelve now is creating this trap and beat sound because we know that these these new artists that they're hinting at it, 
they trying like Slim always tell me, like they they getting real close to it, but they just they, they, no, this, and that's no disrespect to nobody, but I don't feel like they hit it on, it, the, on, the, on the, the nail. Bro, it's, it's no disrespect. It's no disrespect to nobody, bro, because it's a lot of it's a lot of cats out here that are doing their thing as far as music goes, mm -hmm. but it's still not that old R and B. Because if that's the case, then one twelve be out of a job right now. Absolutely. Like people are going to see these ninety shows because of the substance, because we're singing our asses off, because we're dancing and performing, and you know, giving y'all that that whole, you know, that. In, in, in its totality of, of what it means to be artists or whatever. So the trap and B vibe is we're taking the trap beats from the day, them hard hitting trap beats, and we're you getting the, the B, the R and B side of it from the late nineties, early two thousand, the world that we came from. And we're just it's some it's an amalgamation. We're just merging the two worlds and we created that with this new EP, man. So, you know, I I feel real good about this sound. I will say this though, man, and, and this is this is a little disappointing news for everybody. And uh, I, I hate, I hate, listen, I hate to hear it too. I hate to hear it too. But due to the fact of all this civil unrest that's going on and all this police brutality and we're watching our brothers and sisters from, you know, the athletic side of it and the entertainment side of it, taking the stands and boycotting a lot of this stuff, Slim and I felt like the best move for us to do to in a show of solidarity is to push back the album another week. So the album now is going to be September 4th. It's, uh, it's a march in D.C. that's going on this weekend. And we didn't, to, we didn't, we didn't, you're going out, you're going out there. I know some people that's going out there. I'm not going to be able to make it. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, 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 we didn't want to disrespect that, bro. And we didn't want to take away from that because what's going on right now means something to us. You know what I'm saying? At this point in the game, bro, you got to pick a side. Absolutely. We, you got to pick a side. And you got to stick with that side, bro. And since we've been, you know, promoting for us and we've been promoting, you know, for us, the record that just speaks about, you know, Black Lives Matter and, and how we, in order for us to evolve as a people, we got to move forward together. And it's got to be for us. Like, we felt like the best move for us to do was to push this album back just a week. But to all, because of what's, what else is everything that's going on right now, and, and like I said, I'm watching LeBron James and I'm watching the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, because of Jacob Blake and him getting shot seven times like a dog. You know what? I, no, not even a dog, because these white folks, they'll, 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 you know, they'll care for a dog way faster than they will us. Absolutely. You feel what I'm saying? Absolutely. So it's not even, it's not even a dog, bro. Praise they up shot the Jacob Blake family, Breonna Taylor family, everybody, everybody. Everybody, Breonna Taylor, justice for Breonna Taylor, bro. Like what in... What in the hell? Why is it taking so long, man? And these are the situations. These are the situations that are making mainstream news that we that we hear about. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many other cases and so many other situations that I hear from partners of mine. You know, other things going on in other places. So it's happening more and more than we even know. You know, man. Listen, the only reason why it's getting the the, the, the publicity that it's getting because it's being filmed now, bro. But it's been going on mm -hmm. since since black folk have been over here, man, the abuse. You know what I mean? So I, I, we just, Slim and I, again, Slim and I just felt like now is not the time for us to be, you know, trying to sell a record. You know what I'm saying? Right now is the time to show a, 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 a show of solidarity mm -hmm. and show that everybody that we're not insensitive to what's going on and that we feel just as, man, Breonna Taylor could be, could be, my, could have been my sister, man. Absolutely. She could have been my sister. This man was this man was in a in a truck 
Jacob Blake was in a truck with his three kids, bro. Any one of them bullets could have hit his kids, man. Right. You know what I mean? And, 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 and it breaks my heart, man, because here we are, 2020. We're supposed to be this evolved, we're supposed to be this pre-dystopian world where it's no, you know, well, utopian world, rather. This 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 pre-utopian world where there's no racism and mm -hmm. y'all we, we gave y'all Obama, you know what I mean, and all that other right. bullshit. You right. know what I mean? And it's, it's it's time out for all that, man. It's it's time out for us to, you know, to to ask for hand handouts and stuff, man, when things like equal rights, women being paid the same as a man of her male counterpart. It's like why are we still fighting for that? Right. Why are women still fighting for that? Why are black women being de devalued, man? Why are they still devalued as much as they are, man, when everybody and their mama know that black women been holding us down since the beginning of this shit, man? Like, so why is that, bro? Why, like, why am I, you know, and I, I'm sorry, man, not to even no, go we into good, it. Bro. We good, we good. We're going to talk about it. Listen, I've been watching, Listen, watching CNN all day, bro. Mike, Mike, my brother, we got a minute, like a minute left on this because, you know, Instagram always yes, knock you out, make you come back on. So, yeah. I'm just gonna end the live. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, right I'm gonna let up. you talk to him, bro. I'm gonna let you talk to him, bro. Huh? Okay. So I said I'm gonna let you talk to him. All right. I appreciate you, my brother. Yeah, I'm absolutely, bro. Me, my brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Love. September fourth. September fourth. September fourth. So, the, the live is gonna I'm gonna bring it right back on. I'm gonna talk to Slim once again, ladies and gentlemen, on the Flowway Show. Mike from One Twelve. Salute. One Twelve forever. So we're gonna come right back. All right.